Good morning, everybody. My name is Jace, and I am a deacon in training here at Pierce Point. Uh, I was tasked today with talking about the government, which if you have talked to me for more than 10 minutes, it's something that will probably come up. So uh, thanks for that. Um, I'm going to ask a few questions. I'm going to answer them really quickly, and then I'm going to go into each and expound a little more. So first question is, should Christians always submit to the government? No. We'll get into that in a second. My second question is, what are governments for? In short, they are there to praise those who do good and punish those who do evil. Very basic. Why do governments fail at this so often? And my question to that, or my answer to that question would be a question, which is, who is your favorite perfect Christian you know personally? And then number four is, how do we respond to unjust rulers or rulers that we don't like? Well, the answer, it's not very fun for any of us, I'm assuming, is we must submit as much as the word allows us to. And we also have to pray for them and want them to succeed, no matter who they are. So I'm going to go ahead and hone into the first question, and I'll tell you why I'm saying Christians shouldn't always submit. And it's basically because there are sometimes things that governments ask us to do that fall out of the parameters of um, doing something that is good or not doing something that is bad. And it's pretty basic, at least in our government. Um, It gets a little bit more muddy when you get into some of these newer issues we're dealing with, but for the most part, governments say you can't kill, you can't steal, um, you can't, uh, we used to have adultery laws and things like that. Um, there are still some countries around the world that, you know, they put those into place. Um, it's pretty basic, but you see in scripture there's times where people are asked to do things that go outside of that. For instance, in Acts 5, 28 through 29, I'll read it real quick, no need to go there, um, saying, we gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name, and yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring us bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. This was when Peter and the apostles started preaching the gospel and they were actually jailed and they were freed from jail for it. And they were told by the the Jewish authorities over them, like, hey, knock it off. And they're like, no, I'm going to listen to God. Now, if they also said, hey, pay your taxes and don't steal, they couldn't say, I'm going to follow God and not do that. That would be a contradiction. To follow God in that scenario, you would pay the taxes, but you keep speaking and preaching to Jesus. So I wish there was a way out of the taxes, especially with sometimes how the groceries have been recently, but it is what it is. Um, A good example of someone outside of Scripture, I'm going to butcher his name, but it's I'm going to say Gunther, even though there's not an E, G-U-N-T-H-E-R, Borncombe. I'm not going to even spell that. It's too long. Um, he fought against the Nazification of the churches in Germany. He's actually a really great scholar. Um, and uh, he was uh, just someone who basically the, the Nazi party came in and told them you have to. It's kind of similar to what's going on in China right now. Basically, you're allowed to go to church, but it's their edited version of the Bible, their censored version, um, things like that. Um, Hitler was really funny because he would say you could still have a church, but you'd have to hate Jews. It's kind of awkward because our Savior is a Jew, so there's a little bit of discrepancies there. Um, So that's just an example of someone who fought against that. Other examples are probably, you know, there are different people. uh, My memory is failing, but 
people who probably, you know, they had churches where the states would have laws about segregation and they would let different people of different ethnicities in to their congregation in defiance. Um, you know, the Bible says that we're all one in Christ. There's no distinction. Um, things like that. So that's how we see what we can disobey. But as far as, you know, the, the taxes go, um, you're supposed to give what is due. And uh, Peter expounds on this in... Uh, going to go to 1 Peter 2, 13 through 15. He says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to a governors or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. So his angle is, is more kind of focused on what it looks like to other people when you submit to the government. It's a good witness um, when you're, you know, you're above board, you're paying your taxes. And it isn't so much that our taxes sometimes go to silly things, but it's more the fact that you are not lying because we're all expected to do this. Um, Paul in Romans 13, which I'm getting ready to read, will talk about this. Um, actually, I'll just go ahead and do that now. So this is Paul's angle on it. He says, every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation for themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them, tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe nothing to anyone except for love, except to love one another. So Paul's angle on this is he's letting them know that in general they should submit to governing authority because that's what God requires. And Peter is, is honing in on the fact that when you do that, a benefit of that is people see you doing that and you're an upstanding citizen and it helps your witness when you start talking about this resurrected Jewish Messiah. So, lost my spot. So, that was basically a kind of convoluted answer to should Christian, Christians always submit to the government? And basically it's, yes, if what they're saying to do is just, but no, if they're not. Even if they're not, though, the stuff that they're saying that's still just, you have to follow. So it, it's not very fun, um, but that's just that's how it is. That's what we've been called to do. Um, now, what are they for? Well, in theory, what they're for is to praise those who do good and punish those who do evil. Now, we're, we see that's not always the case, um, and that's unfortunate, but, you know, not everybody follows the same God we follow, and... You can see the fruits of that in our country and especially in other countries because we can complain about, you know, our money being taken from us over here, but it could be a lot worse. Um, so then we're going to go to um, 
why they fail us so often. And that is, like I just said, people aren't submitting to Christ. Um, and that's bad. So if they're not submitting to Christ and then we in turn respond by saying, well, I'm not going to submit either. Like you say to your kids, two wrongs don't make a right. It just makes it an even bigger mess. And there have been uh, Christians who have been caught up. I remember this uh, gentleman. Uh, he used to have some sort of uh, creationist kind of museum. And he had an apologetics kind of ministry where he defend the faith. And uh, he didn't pay his taxes for like eight years because he said our government was corrupt. And he did a lot of prison time for it. So there's consequences. Um, so now the fun part is how do we respond to unjust rulers? Because even in Paul's day, you think Paul didn't know his government was corrupt? I mean, we complain because we get taxed or we don't like that our money's going to this or that. At least, you know, Joe Biden or Donald Trump isn't feeding us to lions for entertainment. That's pretty cool. I think that's a plus. Like, I think every politician should run on that. I'm not going to feed you to lions. I think it would be pretty cool, but that's just me. Um, so I, I mentioned, you know, specific people. Some might, you know, make you sound excited, seem excited. You like this one or you don't like that one or whoever else, whatever else kind of politicians you think of. But regardless, if you love them, if you hate them, whoever it is in office, you have to pray for them. I'm going to read from 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, and Paul says, First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So that means all men. When he says all men, it means all. He wants all men to come to know him, including the person who said, I don't need to repent, or the person who just the other day in a speech said, we're going to lick the world. I don't know what that means. That was actually said in a speech. Regardless of how any of those statements or people make you feel, you have to pray for them, and you have to want them to be saved, which means you have to want to spend eternity with both of those people that I'm mentioning. So isn't that fun? Um, it's, it's really hard sometimes, but we're called to be a witness, like Peter says, and it's not, you don't just be a simple man pleaser and follow all these laws so all these people will like you. You do it so you're following your heavenly father. But there is a benefit that, I mean, there was a reason why Billy Graham was invited to George Bush's White House and Barack Obama's White House. There's a reason why, because he was an outstanding citizen. Um, and that it's really important that we can try to, to you know, emulate that kind of behavior. So with that being said have to follow the government when they're telling us to do something good. Don't when they're telling us to do something that's evil. Governments are there to praise those who do good and punish those who do evil. You know, they fail because we fail and we respond to unjust rulers by praying for them and wanting them to be saved and wanting to spend an eternity with them. So, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us your word. Um, thank you for giving us, especially nowadays, all these resources to be able to look up uh, different historical references that you know, in years past you'd have to go to a library and uh, learn the Dewey Decimal System to understand. I thank you that we have all this grace given to us to be able to understand your word and to be able to uh, teach it and preach it. I ask that 
we would be outstanding citizens um, and that we would firstly be citizens of the kingdom of heaven and that people would see that and we could have influence in people's lives so they can hear the good news of your son. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.